Amen. I'm so glad that there's some still some sold out people. Amen. There's a lot of people that they don't find the need to be sold out. And he said, if you're ashamed of me now, I'll be ashamed of you. Amen. I'm glad that we still have some sold out people that are not ashamed of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is good. You can be seated. Amen. I'm so thankful for what God is doing. We had some great things happening this weekend, so far this week. Amen. God is providing, God is supplying, and whatever you need. The scripture says that whatever you need, that God can supply it according to his riches. Amen. Now, most of you and I know that our riches, they have an end, but his riches seemingly have no end. Isn't that great? And I'm thankful for the riches of God, not just financial riches, but also spiritual riches. Amen. And, uh, you know, there is nothing like tapping into the resources that God has available to us. And that just happens to be what you are doing tonight. Amen. You, you could be home watching some garbage on television, but you're not. You're here. You're here, and you're tapping. <laughs> Did you like that, BJ? She's got a kick out of that one. But you're tapping into the resources that God has available to us from His Word. Amen. And so uh, let's turn, if you would. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3, and we are on our second lesson. Uh, the second lesson is lesson number two of Lessons from the King. We are talking about the lessons that we learn out of the book of Proverbs Lessons from Solomon. There are some handouts. If we do not have enough handouts, there is uh, there are sheets upstairs that can be made. We can make more copies, um, but I I believe we have enough. If not, then they'll take care of you. Sister Cooper's over here. She's going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. She wants hers. She's ready. <clears throat> and um, we have. I will at the end tonight. Uh, I will put all of the answers from the first two lessons. I will put, there's a sheet in the media booth. They will put it out on this small table over here. So if you have missed some answers, uh, you can pick those up tonight. Sound like a good plan, right? And you say, well, I didn't bring my sheets back. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just get your phone out and take a picture and you'll be good to go. All right. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. And uh, we will just read this one scripture because this is the whole lesson right here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. That right there deserves its, its own lesson. So we'll spend time on that tonight. What, would, <laughs> what if you were like a millionaire and you needed somebody to trust your assets? Like you needed to, you know, have somebody that you could trust. Who could you trust? Do you have somebody that you know, look, I could trust that person. I could, I could turn over my uh, power of attorney to them, and they would take good care of my stuff. How, how many, do anybody have somebody like that? Good, good. What if you could no longer care for your children? A few years ago, my wife and I, we took a trip, and we were going... Uh, we were out of the country. It wasn't anything dangerous, but we were out of the country. But we filled out a form that gave our parents authorization to take care of our children. We had to sign it and get it notarized. 
let me just ask you, if you could no longer care for your children, who would you trust to properly care for your, your kids? Some of you, that make you nervous, but who, who would you trust? That's a pretty serious responsibility, right? Now, my wife and I, we both agreed that our kids would probably be very spoiled if that happened, but... What if you needed somebody that you could really confide in, that you really could just, you could bare your soul and you could just say anything to? Who would that be? Do you have somebody like that in your life? One of the most difficult things, I think, in life for people to uh, do is to let go of control to somebody else. You know, you, you, you think about how much we like to control things, how much we like to have our hands right in the middle of things, and then we get, it gets even harder uh, when we are asked to totally depend upon that person to lead us. And this is the case when it comes to our trust in God. We often find it difficult to relinquish our control to Him and completely depend on Him to lead and guide us. A lot, of, a lot of times we say, oh, I love Jesus, he's leading me, and we say, all these, we say all these great Christian cliches, right? But when it comes right down to it, he is going to allow our faith to be tested, our trust to be tested. And we don't, we don't really enjoy those times, but they are necessary because uh, it's only through trusting in him that we can get where he wants us to go. And so the Bible teaches us that we should learn to wait on God. The primary purpose of this teaching is not to teach us patience, but to teach us trust. You know, I've gotten so many times over the last several years, I've gotten impatient. I'm like, okay, God, anytime, you know. And I started to learn, I started to figure something out, and it, was, it wasn't my impatience that was the problem. It was, God, do I trust you enough to really take care of this? I know you said you would. I know you said that you're in control, but are you really going to do something about this? So I wanted to start with tonight why, why you should trust in God, okay? Why you should trust in God. First of all is He is concerned for you. He is concerned for you. You, you know, He really wants to know what's going on in your life. He is concerned for you. Genuine concern is hard to find. You know what I get tired of? Let me just be honest with you. Let's tell you the truth. I get tired of this. How you doing? And I want to say, you don't care. Just don't even ask. If you really, I mean, if you really don't care, then don't even ask. But some people, that's just, they can't help themselves. That's all they know how to say is, how you doing? Well, um, some, so I, I usually just give them my blanket response, I'm good, or I'm okay, or things are good. Why? Because if we're to sit down and you really want to know how I'm doing, it's going to take too long. You're probably going to get bored after a while, right? But God's concern for you is genuine. It's true. We know that people can be very fickle with their true feelings, and sometimes it seems like they really care, and then the next day they act like you don't even exist. You know anybody like that? You know, I've got some... I'm just going to say this, and I hope none of them are watching right now, but i got some friends like that. I mean, they're really my friends, and some days they're good friends, and like we have good conversation. Other days, it's like I'm not even on the earth. That's just how it works sometimes. The truth of the matter is, 
We need someone who is concerned. We need someone who is concerned. You know what? If you get somebody that is genuinely concerned about you and your life, don't ever let them get out of your life. They may annoy you. They may get on your nerves. But keep those people close to you. Just saying. You know, it might be, it might be your pastor that's genuinely concerned about you. And he might get on your last nerve. But you need people like that in your life. Why are you laughing so hard, Tyresha? Number two here, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us that you should cast all your anxieties on him for he cares about you. Cast your anxieties, cast your cares upon him. You know, we cast our cares on Facebook, we cast our cares on Instagram, cast our cares on social media, we cast our cares on everybody else in the family and every friend that we have and all of our church members and... And we haven't even prayed about it yet. And he says, cast all your anxiety on me. I care. I really actually care. (laughs) There's a lot of people that you tell stuff to and they don't even care. This word anxieties in the RSV, it, it encompasses not only anxieties, but encompasses our worries, fears, and cares. Our worries, our fears, and cares. You ever, some of you are probably like me in that some days you feel like, hey, I'm good. I don't have a whole lot of worries. And then other days it feels like all you can do is worry. You know what I mean? That's our human nature. One of the key words here is all. I want you to just, you can underline it, you can circle it, highlight it, whatever. All holds nothing back but gives everything to God. Cast all your anxieties on him. The little ones, the big ones. Somebody recently said, uh, they said, well, I'm not going to bother God with that. It, was, it seemed too small. Well, you crazy. I bother God with everything. I mean, you might as well. He cares. And when he says cast all your anxieties, he means your big ones, your little ones, the things that stress you out and the things that you just occasionally think about. He wants to know. He cares. Why should you do this? Because he genuinely cares about it. Matthew 6, 8 lets us know that the Lord knows what we have need of even before we ask. And some people say, well, then why should I say it? Because he says ask. The word further tells us that the very hairs of our head are numbered. Your days are numbered. He knows you're sitting down and you're uprising. I mean, he knows these things. What, whatever you are concerned with, he is concerned with. Whatever you are concerned with, that's what he is concerned with. Somebody said, oh, it's not a big deal. If, it, if it's any kind of deal to you, it's a deal to him. And I think a lot of times we, we allow things to affect us. We allow things to bother us. And we haven't even talked to God about them. And he says, you can unload on me. You you can, you know what, all that heavy burden and stuff that you're carrying around, you can get rid of it. You can turn it over to me, and then you can just smile the rest of the day. 
All right, B, he is capable. He is concerned, but it's one thing to be concerned. You know, I've got, I have some good concerned people in my life. They can't do anything for me. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they shake their head and they give me the real sympathetic look, you know, and they let me know, I'm so sorry. I wish I could do something. I'm like, I wish you could too. But you know what? God's not like that. He's capable. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful if every time you went to the doctor, the banker, the mechanic, the repairman, or the lawyer, that they would always say, hey, I've got your solution. I got it all figured out. Man, I'm telling you, I, that you could, I'd pay big money for that, right? Like, we got it all figured out. This is what's going to work. This is how it's going to happen. Man, awesome. But life isn't like that. It's frustrating. All too often we're told, uh, there's no fix. No cure, no repair. This is a 50-50 at best. Come on. That's not fair. That's not right. I don't like that. But that's not the case with God. God is capable. He's capable of helping with each and every circumstance in your life. Each and every circumstance. When the doctor says, mm, nothing else we can do, guess what? He's capable. When the lawyer says, yeah, it's a 50-50, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't, <laughs> he's capable. Amen. When your mechanic says, this car, it's, it's, it's toast, he's capable. And some of you are like, you know, I don't know, look, I have seen cars that should not be run and run. <laughs> there have been, Brother Bond will tell you, there have been some miracles. Some people have driven on nothing. I myself, a few times, driven, there was no gas in the tank. It wasn't even fumes. It was gone. But God is able. Man, He is capable. So Luke one thirty seven tells us very pointedly, for nothing is impossible with God. In the NIV, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing means just that. Nothing. There's no sickness, no disease, no heartache, no stress, no situation or circumstance that he cannot change. And you know what? You don't even have to wait till you get to the end of your rope. People say, oh, when you come to the end of your rope. No, you don't have to wait till you come to the end of your rope. At the beginning of your rope, you ought to just pray. You might as well just start every day by letting God know where you are and having relationship with Him because there's nothing that He cannot change. Think of this. The Scripture says nothing is impossible. And I know we correctly interpret this, that, that God can do anything, right? But I think if you read it again and you'll find nothing is impossible with God. I want you to kind of think about it in this way. It's saying that for God to do nothing would be impossible. God is willing and able to act on our behalf. And when you ask Him to do something, for Him to sit around and say, eh, that's impossible. He can't do that. Because He's already promised that He would heal. He already promised He would deliver. He, come on, He promised He would never leave you or forsake you. So when you ask, the Scripture says, you shall receive. When you seek, you shall find. When you knock, the door will be opened. He can't just sit back and do nothing. Now, sometimes he delays things. Sometimes he works it out in his time. And 
We don't like that either. But for him to do nothing is impossible. You know what I have found is sometimes my prayers don't get answered when I pray them. I, I hope this is okay with you. I hope you don't get frustrated because I'm supposed to be the spiritual guru, you know. But sometimes when I pray, my prayers don't get answered. But what happens when I pray is it takes all the responsibility off of me. And I just say, okay, God, you know, don't know. I want that person to be healed. I'm believing that person's healed. I'm commanding healing in their life. But this is your, this is your thing, God. I can't heal them. you got to heal them. But see, when I don't pray, then I worry. When, when, I don't, when I don't turn it over to God, then I feel like, oh, God, I'm responsible, and whatever happens, it's on me. No. He says, cast all your care on me. Cast all your anxiety, all your worry, all your fear. Cast it on me. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 states, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We are not talking about a weak, anemic God who can barely meet the needs of his creation. That's not what kind of God we're talking about. We're talking about a God who can not only meet the need, but he can also go above and beyond the minimum answer. Amen. He goes above and beyond. We think, God, well, you, could, you can heal. And he says, oh, I am not just going to heal. You wait till you see how I use this. It's going to be awesome. Amen. And so when the doctor says it's impossible, God says, oh, it's more than possible. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to show you what I can do. Amen. And it's going to be incredible. Amen. And he does this by his power that works in us. That power that gives us confidence to trust Him with everything in our lives. Amen. When we pray for people, we're not praying in the confidence that we are healing them. We're praying in the confidence that He is healing them. When we pray for somebody, I was praying for somebody just a few moments ago, and I was praying for their salvation. And I said, God, I'm taking you at your word. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So God, I know this is your will. So do whatever, come on God, do whatever you want to do in this situation to get them saved. Amen. And we have confidence that God is doing things by His power that works in us. And somebody said, well, couldn't God just do it without us? Well, He could, but He chooses to move through the body. He chooses to work through the body. We are the hands. We are the feet. Amen. We are the body of Christ. And it's important uh, that we understand this very important fact that God doesn't want to move around the body or under the body. He wants to move through the body. He wants to do things through His body that's on this earth. That's why when we pray, healing happens. Amen. Miracles take place. And it's not because of the person's name or the person's pedigree or the person's, uh, 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 you know, their, their skill or talents or ability. It's because they are moving in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus moves, amen, things happen. Amen. Because he cares. He is capable. There's nothing that he is uh, incapable of. And uh, I, I was thinking about this um, James Brown, not the singer James Brown, but uh, he's the pastor of the uh, Evangeline Baptist Church in Wildsville, Louisiana. Uh, in the periodical discoveries, uh, he wrote, it was fall of 1991, volume 2, number 4. He, he said, there's no situation I can get into that God cannot get me out. 
I thank God for that. He said, some years ago when I was learning to fly, my instructor told me to put the plane into a steep and extended dive. He said, I was totally unprepared for what was about to happen. After a brief time, the engine stalled. The plane began to plunge out of control. It soon became evident that the instructor was not going to help me at all. After a few seconds, which seems like an eternity, my mind began to function again. I quickly corrected the situation. Immediately, I turned to the instructor and began to vent my fearful frustrations on him. He very calmly said to me, there is no position you can get this airplane into that I cannot get you out of. He said, if you want to learn how to fly, go up there and do it again. At that moment, he said, God seemed to be saying to me, remember this as you serve me. There's no situation you can get yourself into that I cannot get you out of. If you trust me, you will be all right. And he said that lesson has been proven true in my life many times over the years. I wonder if there's somebody in here that knows you've gotten yourself into some stuff and God has gotten you out. Amen. You don't purposely put yourself in bad situations, but there's nothing that you can do that God can't help you with. Amen. Amen. And so he is capable. Whatever situation you find yourself in, you know, I, there's some of you, you beat yourself up and you say, God, I got myself into this situation. I got to get myself out. And he's saying, hey, I'll help. And some of you are so stubborn, you're trying to do it on your own. He's like, hey, hey, hey. What am I, chopped liver? You know, I can help you here. I want to help you. I, I, I want to, you know, uh, be able to give you the strength and the power that you need for this, but we have to be willing because he is capable. We have to be willing to let him do it. Amen. Turn it over to Jesus. And number C here, or letter C, he is consistent. He cares, he's capable, and he is consistent. Remembering uh, sometimes the, the good old days is kind of scary, it's kind of bad, but remember when somebody used to say, well, let's shake on it. Anybody remember that? They well, let's just shake on it. And they'd shake on it. And when they'd shake on it, that was it. It was done. You know, the, you could trust people to do what they said that they were going to do. They said, hey, I'm going to be here at 10 p.m. They would be there at 10 p.m. You, you remember those days? You can't do that anymore. Pe people don't do what they say they're going to do anymore. And uh, times have changed. Hebrews 13, 8 declares Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So even though people change, even though culture changes and things might change, uh, you know, you can't say that same thing about very many people, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, I know they've been doing these, these crazy making your face look old uh, pictures. Anybody seen that? Yeah, I'm not even fooling with that. I just look in the mirror every day and like, here it is, you know. I don't need to look. I know what I look like when I get old. Here it is. But, uh, you know, somebody posted a, a, a meme and they posted a picture of Jesus and it had the, you know, the before and then what was supposed to be the older, it was the same picture and it said, yeah, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thought that was kind of funny. But the truth of the matter is, we are not. We change. People change. Things change. And it is very assuring to know that the same God that led uh, Abraham can lead us. Same God that spoke with Moses can speak with us. The same God who provided quail and manna provides for us. And that the same God who delivered Israel delivers us 
And you just go on and on. The same God that healed can still heal us. Same God filled with them with the Holy Ghost. He fills us. With, amen. The same God that moved back then is moving today. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1.9 states God is faithful. God is faithful. Notice it does not say that God's faithfulness is predicated upon anything else. Even when you're unfaithful, He's still faithful. In fact, there's scripture about that. Did the unfaithfulness of the children of Israel, did, that, that should have provoked God, did that cause Him to be unfaithful? No. He was still faithful. Amen. God is faithful to us. He's faithful. He, you can trust a God who is the same every day and is faithful to you. Some of us, we struggle because somebody in our life wasn't faithful to us. Maybe it was a spouse, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was just a close friend or a boss. Somebody wasn't faithful, they didn't do you right, and, and you struggle with this. But I, I want you to know God is not like that. He is consistent and He is faithful. He will be there. Amen. So you should trust God because He is caring, He cares about you, He is capable, and He's consistent. Now, if that doesn't convince you enough... I, I'm going to just, I'm going to have to move on because there's not really a better argument that can be made. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there. He can do exceeding abundant above whatever you ask or think. Why should you trust him? Because why would you trust anybody else before him? Amen. Don't trust the doctors, the lawyers, or any relationship that you have in your life over Jesus because he is the most faithful. Amen. So when should we trust God? Real trust is not an on-again, off-again thing. Real trust in God is a relationship built on the understanding that He deserves and is worthy of our trust in all things. When it really comes down to it and you really just kind of boil it down, there's two times that we should really trust God. We should trust Him in times of adversity. Trust Him in times of adversity. We all have times of adversity. It's during these times that our trust is usually put to the test. You know, when you're faced with uh, the building is caving in, you got to get out of here. You can't have service here. When, when the doctor says, you know, they, this is the disease and it's not curable, that, that's adversity. Whenever, you know, things are not going well and, you know, you might lose your job or something happens and you don't understand or you don't see where things are going, that's adversity. And adversity uh, many times causes us to fear. We talked about this a few Sundays ago, but, but fear has got to go. Even though you face adversity, you can face adversity without fear, but you have to trust God if that's going to happen. Several times in Scripture, David proclaimed his struggle with fear was conquered by his trust in God. So let me give you a few key verses here. Psalm 3.6 is the first one. Psalm 3.6. He says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. I will not be afraid of them. Psalm 23.4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen. How, how can David say this? Because he knew God. He had a relationship with God. He was daily talking and, and, and having conversation with God. 
Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David further said in Psalm 56, 4, for in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What David is saying here is that we are responsible to trust and obey God. You wonder why you have so much fear in your life? Your trust, your, your trust bank is low. You do not trust God enough. Whenever you begin to fear, uh, you, you are showing, I do not trust God enough to handle this. Now, look, we all have, like I, got, I can have faith for you, and I can trust God for you, but man, when it comes to my own personal circumstances sometimes, that's when it really hits home. And it's harder for me to believe and trust. I know, I know in here somewhere, God's able, He's going to take care of it. But when I'm dealing with the, those spirits, amen, sometimes that's exactly what it is. I'm dealing with that, that oppression. I'm dealing with those, those spirits that come and they torment. Uh, it is difficult for us to trust. But that doesn't let you off the hook. David said, if I can trust in God, if I'll just trust Him, I don't have to be afraid of anything. What David's saying is we are responsible to trust and obey God. While this sounds good, it's actually very difficult to do. We, no, nobody's got, I don't know anybody that has it figured out. There are some people that I think, man, these guys are spiritual giants. They got it all figured out. And then I get to know them and they're like, they, they've got some things that they deal with too. We're usually willing to trust God with the easy, mundane things in life. The easy, mundane things. We're willing to trust God. But what about when it comes, uh, becomes an area of our life that is beyond our understanding or control? What happens when it is beyond our understanding or control? And then we want to control the situation. We want to ask God, how are you going to work things out if I turn this over to you? Can you show me before I let you have this? <laughs> and what he's saying is, would you just let go? Would you just trust me? And we're like, I really want to. I really do. I just, you know, I mean, you're a big God and all. <laughs> right? And you guys are like, Pastor, you look so silly. I know. I know. But we all do that. What, what can he not handle? But we're all like, yeah, um, I don't know how it's going to happen. Trust would have no value if we could work everything out or we had all the answers. If we could do it, we wouldn't need God. So he lets us run into things in our life that if we don't trust him, it's not going to happen. And some of us, we fail the test, okay? Let's be honest, we fail the test. I'm just going to, we go into debt over our heads trying to make things happen. He's like, look, you just needed to trust me on this. Sometimes we, 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 we stress and we fear and we let it drive us away from 
God and the people that care about us. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, what in the world? What, what, are you, what are you thinking? And sometimes I just want to shake people. What are you thinking? And then I actually get to talk to them. And what I find out is it's just simply a lack of their trust in God. They just don't believe God cares enough or that he could handle it or, or that, you know, you just don't know my situation. Trust has no value if you can do it yourself. What do you need God for? That's, that's, that is no level to live on. I'm telling you, that is a very low level of life is just living on a level where you've got it all figured out. Man, I'm telling you, it's fun living on the level where it's like, okay, God, blow my mind today. I don't know how it's going to happen. This is going to be cool. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. If you live like that, that's trusting in God. Amen. Duties are ours. Events are, our, are God's. But when our faith goes to meddle with the events and to hold account upon God's providence and beginneth to say, how wilt thou do this or that, we lose ground. We have nothing to do here. It is our part to let the Almighty exercise His own office and steer His own helm. There is nothing left for us but to see how we may be approved of Him and how we roll the weight of our weak souls upon Him, who is God omnipotent. And when we thus essay miscarrieth, it shall be neither our sin nor our cross. That came from Samuel Rutherford in Prodigals and Those Who Love Them. We struggle so much whenever we try to do it on our own, whenever we try to make it happen. Some of you, you're trying to make your family members be saved. You're trying to, you're trying to you don't mean to, but you're manipulating things and you're, you're trying to orchestrate things, and it's just not going to work that way. You just got to pray. You just got to trust God. Amen. You, you've got to let God do it. It's not going to happen unless you let God. He's like, you've got to trust me on this. I know best. I know how to work this out. If you'll just turn it over to me, I can handle it. But no, you're trying to manipulate and, you know, coerce things and twist this. And, and you're making things worse. I don't know for sure who that was for, but that was for somebody. God will use adversity to teach us to trust Him. When you don't ever face anything that you have to trust God for, you get to thinking, I'm good. I got this all figured out. But God uses adversity to teach us to trust Him. In the life of Job, we find an excellent example of trust in adversity. Job was as human as you and I are. He had the same dreams, hopes, questions, fears, uh, all these things about life that we have, he had. During Job's trials, he was confronted with his weakness and his need to trust God. Listen to the statements of trust, uh, his trust in God. He said in uh, thirteen fifteen of Job, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. And then in chapter 1, verse 21, he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know what you're doing, God, but it's your thing. I don't know how you're going to work it out, God, but I trust you. You know what? If you trust God about stuff, 
you could sleep at night. If you don't, you toss and turn, toss and turn. How's this going to work out? How am I going to make that work? How am I going to do this? I'm not talking about, some of you, and please don't misunderstand me, I'm not talking about, you know, you, you have a, maybe something chemical in your body that's causing you not to be able to sleep at night. And I'm not talking about those of you who every once in a great while you, you have a, a kind of a restless night where you got a lot on your mind or something. I'm talking about those of you who every night it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get to sleep. You know why? You, you wonder why a lot of people drink right before they go to bed. It's because they, they can't, they, 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 they got to get out of reality in order to be able to get to sleep. You know why that is? Because they're putting their trust in anything else but God. That's why it's so important that every day you turn it all over to Him. Every day, whatever it is, whatever, however big it is, however small it is, that we turn it over to Him. Why? Because He is able, amen, and He wants to help us, and there's nothing that He cannot do. But it's in our weakness, it's in our, it's in our adversity, it's in our difficult times when we really need to trust Him the most. You're in the difficult time most likely because He wanted you to, to attain a new level of trust, he wanted to further that relationship with you, and so he allows you to go through that. Oh, I don't like that. Well, oh well. I'm not God. I can't explain it for him. All I can say is if you didn't need to trust him, you probably would never get closer to him. But the more you trust him and the more that you allow him to lead, the better off you're going to be. All right, so we trust him in adversity. We also trust him in times of plenty. It's really important that we mature our relationship of trust to the point that we trust God even when things are good in our life. I find a lot of people, they come into church, you know, and they're barely making it, you know, just scraping by, living from week to week kind of thing. They, start, they come to church, they start following some of the biblical principles that, that this church believes and teaches and we find in the Word of God, and, and God starts honoring them, God starts blessing them, their finances get better, their job situation gets better, their home life gets better, all these things, and then suddenly it seems like they got there on their own. And, and you don't see them, and they're like, well, what do I need the church for? And I'm thinking, six months ago, you couldn't make it from one Sunday to the next Sunday. And now look at what God's done in your life, and you, you I, I don't need God. You're going to be right back where you were. We've got to mature to the place that we trust God, even when things are good in our life. Uh, I know you've probably heard people talk about this, but, you know, if you're making $10 a week, it's pretty easy to trust God with that $1 of tithe. When you start making $10,000 a week, it's hard, a little harder. Well, I've got to trust God now with this $1,000 a week of tithe. <laughs> it's pretty easy on the one. It's a little harder on the 1000 there's a very real risk of becoming self-dependent as God blesses us. This is what I find probably the most in, in uh, people in the church today is they, they think, like sometimes it's after a few months, sometimes it's after a few years or, or several years, they get to the place, they don't worship like they used to, they don't pray like they used to, they don't have the passion that they used to. And, and it's not because God's not as good then now as he was then. It's, it's because they've gotten to the place, well, I, you know, I work hard and, you know, I'm important and I do a lot of good stuff. And so this, you know, I kind of deserve this. They become self-dependent. 
And I, I you know, I've, I've always, you know, I've always told God, God, I keep that passion alive in me. I want to worship you now like I worshiped you when I were, whenever I was a teenager. I want, to, I want to give you everything now just like I gave you everything then. Amen. Too many folks trust in, in God in adversity only to have Him help them, and then they lose their trust. Why is that? Why, why do we struggle? Because we're human. We've got this, we, we're in a culture, though, that's a please-me, hedonistic world. And people, you know, they fall in love, and you've heard this, they fall in love with the blessing more than the one who blesses. I, I've seen people, I'm, and I'm not trying to make light of it, I've seen people, God has blessed them with finances, or He's blessed them with a car, or He's blessed them with a, a boat, or blessed them with a nice house, or these things, but then it seems like they can't trust God anymore. They stop showing up, you know, because now that they have their boat, they have to take it out on the weekends. They can't show up to, to, to church because they, they got so much to do around their big house that God has blessed them with. You know, they, they, they've been blessed with these vehicles. Now they got to work extra in overtime to pay for them, even though God blessed them with them. See what I'm saying? So uh, we can't fall in love with the blessing more than we love the blesser. We can't get caught up, you know, in these things and lose our trust in God. Job said, the Lord giveth and taketh away. There's not one material blessing that we possess that we are guaranteed to have forever. Your house could be gone. Your car could be gone. Your clothes could be gone. Your, your, all the things that you think make you happy, they could be gone. One of the things when we went to Costa Rica, one of the things I think, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Peter or somebody that said, said it's amazing how people live on so little and they're still so happy. Some of us, we, we don't have certain things and we think we're losing our mind. You know, I know for me, it's air conditioned. You know, if I don't have air conditioned, I feel like, whew, what in the world? And some of you are like, yeah, pastor, today is hot. But... Can you imagine, I mean, coming into church week after week and being 90 degrees out there and being 100 degrees in here? And then giving it all you got for two and a half, three hours? Man, the crowd would be even smaller than it is. Be tiny. We take a lot of things for granted, but here's the deal. God has blessed us. God has been good to us. God has taken good care of us, but the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Somebody said one time, they said, what if you only had tomorrow what you thank God for today? So every day I thank God. You'll hear, my, my kids can tell you, we thank God every day for our home. We thank Him for the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear. We thank for the vehicles we drive, for the churches that we get to pass. We thank Him for those things every day. Why? Because He could take them away tomorrow if He wants to. And I just want Him to know I'm thankful for having them today. I'm thankful to be a part of this today. Amen? In a moment's time, you can lose everything you have, and it's only our trust in God that is going to sustain us. It's the fact that Job continually built an altar during times of plenty that sustained him during times of adversity. 
you know what? If when God blesses you, you keep building altars, you keep putting God first, you keep taking care of the kingdom, you know what? I can guarantee, amen, I can guarantee that God is going to sustain you. He is going to take care of you. I, I've, I, I know this because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He desires our trust to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Oh, I wish I could get this across to you today, and I'm, 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 I'm just about done here. But man, it's so important. God blesses you with a good job. You know, don't ever quit paying tithes. Don't be foolish. If you're not paying tithes and you're not paying tithes correctly, start doing it now. Pick it up right now, 10% of everything right off the top. Why? Because I'm building an altar. I'm showing God I trust you. I trust you. I trust you with my finance. I trust you with my future. Amen. Can't make, you know, well, I, I got to be careful. I don't want to make anybody mad. I, I, I just, I don't understand. You know, if you're making $1,000 a week and you're paying $50 ties, you're doing it wrong. It just doesn't work. You've got to keep God first. You've got to trust Him. Um, I know people who God has blessed with good jobs. And I'm, when I'm saying good jobs, I mean the six-figure kind. God blesses it. And some of you are like, yep, I know He's not talking about me right now. But God blesses them with, with nice jobs, six-figure jobs. And they had been paying tithes, and they, they do good for a while, and then they just decide, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I just, you know, I've got other things I want to do. And almost every time without fail, they lose that job. Or even if they don't lose the job, the money just disappears. Gets wiped out by a lawsuit, by an illness. by You name it, I've seen it happen. And, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to you know, uh, twist your arm into to, to tithing. I'm just telling you, you, that shows your trust in God. And so when you put God first, He will sustain you. So do it in times of plenty. Do it in times of adversity. Amen. But never stop trusting Him. What are the blessings of trusting God? We're going to go through several scriptures. What are the blessings of trusting God? The following scriptures will help us to see the blessing. Psalm 511. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. There's a song out now that says he's our defender. Psalm 9:10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Never forsakes you. Psalm 17, 7. O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Man, people rise up against you. If you put your trust in God, God will take care of it. Amen. There's been a couple of days where I said, oh, God, shut their mouths. God, rise up and defend me. Take care of this. Right? You, I'm, I'm just saying. You're going to have a few days like that. Psalm 1830, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in them. Psalm 31:19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. 
Psalm 34, 22, The Lord redeemeth the soul of His servants, and none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. You will never be desolate if you trust in Him. You may have some bad days, but you will not be desolate. That's why Paul could say, we're, we're, you know, we're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Amen. Psalm 37, 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. I live that verse. Yes, I do. Shall be fed. My new favorite verse, the fat is the Lord's. <laughs> the fat is the Lord's. All right. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Amen. If you're committed to Him, you trust in Him, He will bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them, and he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. You cannot go wrong putting your trust in him. Psalm 125, 1, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Tim Hansel, in his book, Holy Sweat, recounts the following story. He says, one day, while my son Zach and I were out in the country climbing around in some cliffs, he said, I heard a voice from above me yell, hey, dad, catch me. I turned around to see Zach joyfully jumping off a rock straight at me. He had jumped and then yelled, hey, dad. I became an instant circus act catching him. We both fell to the ground for a moment after I caught him. I could hardly talk. When I found my voice again, I gasped in exasperation, Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? He responded with remarkable calmness. Sure, because you're my dad. His whole assurance was based on the fact that his father was trustworthy. He could live life to the fullest of the hilt because I could be trusted. Isn't this even more true for us as Christians? Hey, Dad. <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, I, I get excited when I know how much God loves us, how much He wants to be good to us and do good for us. And we get, I get excited every time I think about the fact that God is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And somebody said, well, you know, I think God's mad at me. You know what? That's a lie from the devil. That's a life from the. I've got three children, and there are times where they do things that, that, that I disapprove of, but I never stop loving them. And I'm just an earthly father. Do I get mad at them? Yeah. Do I punish them every once in a while? Yes. Do they know that I'm irritated? Yes. But do they ever worry that I don't love them? I hope not. And you know what? We are the same way with God. We need to understand how much He really loves us, how much we can trust Him, how much we can put on Him. He cares about you. Amen? So you can trust in the Lord. You don't have to trust in other things. You don't have to worry and put your care on other things. You can cast your care and your worry and your anxiety on the one who is able to do something about it. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? If you uh, did not get some of the fill-in-the-blanks, they will put that uh, answer, the answers there 
for you, and you can look through those and catch up tonight. Uh, we have some big things coming up. Junior camp is coming up next week, and uh, so those who are going to junior camp, I know we have a few that are here tonight. Uh, there will be, we will be kind of talking over the next few days of what you need to be ready for, um, but uh, those that have kids going to junior camp, so there will be that, and then the following week, we are getting ready because we're going to Youth Congress uh, in St. Louis that, the week after, so the next two weeks are going to be kind of busy, uh, but it's going to be good, amen? And uh, is there anything else that I needed to mention? All right. I think that's it then. There are offering pans in the back, and the kiosk is ready. You can give tonight tithes and offerings today before you leave and uh, greet one another. We have several people traveling, several people uh, out tonight uh, because of different things. Uh, keep them in your prayers. Um, there are those that are, there's even a few that are uh, not just out of town, they're out of the country, so we want to pray for them, keep them in our prayers. And um, seemed like there's something else I needed to mention. So what happens when you get old? You just, you know, somebody said, I don't need a, I don't need a, a face app. They said, I need a, why did I come in this room app? <laughs> that would be helpful. And click on that. The other day I meant to do something and I couldn't, re I couldn't even remember what it was. I kept going in the wrong room. And I was like, man, what am I doing? My wife, she laughs at me because I was coming back, and I had my glasses, uh, and they were, this was a couple months ago, I came, I was coming, we were flying back, and my glasses were literally, they were in my pocket, and we were getting ready to exit the airplane, and I, I was thinking, I don't want to leave them in my pocket, because what if I bend over, you know, and they fall, or so I, I put them on, I wasn't thinking about it, but I forgot that I put them on, and so I'm touching, I'm feeling for my glasses, and I'm like, where are my glasses? She looked at me with a big smile, and she said, they're on your face. <laughs> yeah. But guess who did it the other day? <clears throat> I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> they were on her head. All right. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you that we can trust in you. And God, we pray that you would help each and every one of us to trust you more and more. God, in times that are good, in times of adversity, God, that we would allow you, Lord Jesus, to lead us and guide us and help us to be everything that you want us to be. And God, we give you all the praise and glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you Sunday, uh, bright and early, with bells on, for prayer at 1030. <laughs>